Okay, good deal. Yeah, it's recording. We okay. can start our podcast. All right, let's start it. So well, this is episode two? Episode three. Two. It's episode two. Man, Unless you're so counting hard. the pilot. Yeah, it's so hard to remember. Because last episode, I think you said episode mm-hmm. two. And you corrected and me. And I corrected you. And now I'm, I've been chastened, and so now I remember. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> okay. okay, so we're both in the same boat. Episode two. Freedom Current. Which is two guys just talking about their freedom in Jesus. Jesus, there it is, <laughs> exactly. Super, and we rolled a die last week. Yep, we already rolled a die for our whiteboard, and it was awesome because you told me to roll a nine. Yes, and you did roll a nine. I did roll a nine, which and gets us to mark ten. Yes, super. It's really hard to just call out a d twenty and, yes. and do it. So I'm pretty yes. proud of myself. Yes, you did a really good job, and Thanks. I think if I remember right, we needed you to roll a d twenty one time, and you did. Didn't yeah. you? Yeah, and I, I think like a game. Are you talking about? No, I mean like in was here? it the, during the pilot? Well, the pilot, I I told you that I could do it, but I oh, didn't. I didn't, you didn't land actually on actually do it. Yeah. Okay. Because that was I was calling okay. my shot. Gotcha. Okay. All right, we've got we've got Bibles ready, mm-hmm. and we're and number number nine is um, the topic is the rich young slave. Yes. From Mark ten. Yes, and we have our sound check. Yeah. yeah, sound check fixed. Last time the sound was bad news. Yeah. Actually, I sounded good, but you didn't sound I good. I didn't sound good at that all. That was my bad. I'm in charge of the technology. That's all right. I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Make Jeremiah give him a taste of his own medicine. <laughs> Whatever that Whatever means. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and so we are ready. So we, we talked last week about Zacchaeus, yep. who was a rich man, yeah. who... Um, found his freedom in Jesus. Yeah, he found freedom in Jesus and on his own realized that to express his love and to express his thankfulness for what kind of mercy and forgiveness he's been shown, decided to give back all of the stuff that he stole from people. My goodness. And My goodness. more. And fourfold. More. Yes. Yes. Incredible. And now, I mean, that showed that he was radically changed, right? Yep. Regenerated, And so now we um, said, let's roll a nine so we can talk about another guy who's like, sort of, he could have been Zacchaeus, but he didn't. Yep. And that's the rich young slave. And you did roll a nine. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Mark chapter 10. All right. If you want to read it, I'll start us in prayer. Okay. That sounds very good. Awesome. 
Okay. Dear Lord, thank you so much for letting me roll a nine so that we can talk about this verse in Mark 10 this week. Um, this is a story that uh, is straight from your word and it's inspired by you. And we hope that it will teach us something today um, that we can, Jeremiah and I can both apply to our own lives. And uh, and hopefully it would be a blessing to anybody who's listening. And, um, and I just pray that you would just show up today with us and be here with us as we talk. And thank you for being so good and giving us so much freedom. And you are such a wonderful God. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, Mark 10. I'll, Mark go, 10. I'll follow along in my NIV. Okay, super. And should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, I'm Jeremiah Kinney. I'm Brock Glaze. And, and this is Freedom Current. And we usually... And this is the Bible. Well, and, and we should say also, like, why did we do this? Yeah. We get together and... We go to the same church, and we would get together for lunch. We would be eating tacos or something, yeah. and we would just be having yeah. ridiculously fun conversations about Bible stories. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, why don't we just record this and then put it online, and we can watch it back. And if other people want to watch it, they can too. Yeah, and so, so that so we have. So yeah, we're having right. fun. So we're talking about a, a story in the Bible that is typically called the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler is how you usually hear it in Sunday school or... But, um, I don't think he's ruling anything. I think he's ruled. So let's read. It's Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 31. Here we okay. go. And as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Hmm. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Hmm. Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. All right. Wow. What jumps out at you from that? <clears throat> well, 
Um, obviously, it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, followed up by, but anything's possible with God. Yeah. Um, and then, but the first thing that I think about before I get into like the solution mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or Jesus's um, answer to the problem there is I just think about us as Americans and just how ridiculously rich we are, especially compared to the rest of the world. Um, And it's, it's, it's hard not to be rich, you know, in America, even America's poor and we do have poor, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, But I think even a a large part of the, of the poor in America are just so rich compared to people in third world countries who are dying of starvation or not even third world countries. Yeah. Um, they just struggle more. Their their currencies aren't worth anything, and they have a hard time even buying things. And Americans, we're so comfortable and we're so rich. So yeah. um, this guy is, I think, experiencing a temptation that probably um, our whole nation has to uh, confront, yeah. at yeah. least those of us who want to put our faith in God. I agree. And I think one of the other things that we struggle with is if we don't have... Um, as much as um, people around us, we can struggle with envy that makes us feel poorer than we really are. Mm-hmm. Again, not to say that there aren't poor, but we who are not poor can struggle with envy yeah. and then feel poorer and then hold on to our possessions that much tighter because we feel like we don't really have, when actually we have quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is challenging the idea of, of well, let's, at, let's talk about that. What is Jesus challenging the idea of? Is it, does he want this man to have a more generous heart to the poor or something else? I think it's something else. I do not see Jesus just preaching like, um, almost like I don't see him preaching like class favoritism where he's like favoring the poor and all rich people are evil and all poor people are good or anything like that. In this verse, I think what he's trying to do, um, especially because at the end, Jesus says that not anyone who is forsaken and then it gives a list home or brothers, sisters, mother, father, lands um, will not be grant or not receive a hundred times as much. So what he's saying is God owns it all. God is filthy rich. And mm-hmm. and if you and if if you do forsake something for my name, um, I have the power to give you a hundred times what you have sacrificed. Yes. Um and so he's calling him to really follow him, follow yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He's calling him to follow God yeah. and to forsake the thing that probably is his idol. Right, right. He he doesn't point to the poor over and over again, but he does point to himself. He says in verse 18, why do you call me good? Mm-hmm. So he is emphasizing that the that the young man knows something about Jesus that he hasn't quite articulated in his mind yet, that subconsciously he senses or feels or believes, maybe that's better, that Jesus is <clears throat> greater than just a common, commonly respected rabbi yeah and then he also says um if you have left these things for my sake and the gospel he where was that that's in verse 29 he doesn't say 
if you've left, left these things for the sake of the poor. Yeah. He says, for my sake. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is continually pointing to himself um, that he's challenging this young man to give these things up and go give it to the poor because Jesus doesn't need it. Go give it to the poor, but not necessarily for the sake of the poor as the not, not, not. the end all, as the ultimate. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking that for the sake of the gospel, because the poor are in need. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in need of physical goods, but even more importantly, they're in need just like any rich person is in need. Their eternal soul is in need. And uh, by showing kindness and giving of your riches to them for the sake of the gospel, you could win them over to Jesus by showing God's mercy and goodness and, and generosity and love and um, how God accepts them because you're showing acceptance towards them. And uh, so there's a way to give, I think, that you can pull out of this a principle. Yeah, that's for the gospel's sake yeah, and for Jesus' so. sake. I think that's really good. I think that's really good. So let's go back to the beginning. Okay. And let's um, put some color on this story. Yeah. And then at the end, let's land on that point that you just brought up about the gospel. Okay. Does that sound good? Yep. And then in the middle, we'll talk about whatever occurs to, to us. Sound good? Yep. Okay, so let's let's flesh it out. The, the, the young man runs up and he kneels down before Jesus. What do you think he looked like? He fell on his knees. That's interesting. Yeah. It's it's a sign of humility. Mm-hmm. So he definitely um, looks at Jesus as having something more than or something he needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. He needs whatever Jesus has to teach him, uh, unless it was just a show. But I don't really know if that well, is a good way to be. And he's he runs up to Jesus. He's really interested in what Jesus has been teaching. Yeah. And he seems to be very. Genuine, you know. Sometimes in the Bible, um, an insincere person will come up to Jesus and will ask him questions. But the Bible always says, or often says, I don't know about always. Often says they were asking this to test him. Yeah. This no. this guy, do you, do you get that at no. all from him? No, he doesn't seem like a deceitful person. In fact, the thing that comes to my mind when he runs to him, he says, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" So who, who do we go to in culture to find out th- eternal things? Do we go to pastors, preachers, um, rabbis? Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritual leaders Spiritual of some leaders sort. of mm-hmm. some sort. It's just what people do. Um, he respected Jesus and knew Jesus was a good teacher, quote unquote. You know, right. Jesus said, who's good? Right. Um, but he respected him and knew that he had answers. And I can imagine this guy almost rolling around in bed like before he meets Jesus and he's just like I've 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 kept the commandments. I've obeyed my uh-huh. parents. I don't lie. I don't steal. And there's a thing inside that's just haunting him. Mm-hmm. And he knows that there is something left. And he I think wants something to assuage his maybe oh, his guilt. That's good. So he goes and says, What what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Please give me the answer I'm wanting to hear. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Good teacher, tell me I'm good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow, that's good. Because this keeping of commandments has not provided any assurance Mm -mm. to him. 
No, in fact, probably the more he meditates on commandments, the more difficult and more sinful he feels. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the commandments reveal... They do. Uh, you know, our sinful state. Romans chapter 7, they, they reveal to us um, that there is something in us that is dying. Mm-hmm. And so he... Each time he's reflecting on this, and I bet you he goes to synagogue, I bet you he pays attention, I, I bet you he, he sticks around and, and reads reads some of the Bible himself on his own, I bet you he's um, interested in these conversations when they come up, mm-hmm. and he's still not free. Yep. Still and, not free. And the chances of um, the, the Jewish rabbis other than Jesus in this day... The chances of them coming to the conclusion that Jesus came to and and essentially pointing out his idolatry and his riches mm-hmm. are probably pretty slim. Yeah. Because he's probably, if he obeys the commandments, he's probably a really good tither. And they're a, mm-hmm. he's a really good source of income for those synagogues and temples. Um, and they probably love this guy. And yeah. he probably is a really good member of the community well we get a hint of that right from the disciples they're dazzled by jesus's um comment yeah that that the wealthy even they were just like what what in the world well then who can be saved because (coughs) they see these guys as as being the um very significant members of their society um and not just significant as far as power or influence goes but as far as morality goes, as far as you're talking about teachers, no these 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 rich men. They oh, say, okay, yeah, yeah. Jesus says these rich men can't can't get into the kingdom of heaven. It's or it, it's going to be difficult for them, as difficult as let's say a camel going through the eye of a needle, which is preposterous. Yeah, and so the the disciples, it says in verse twenty six, are exceedingly astonished. And then who can be saved? Uh-huh. Right? These guys are, like you said, these guys are probably the good tithers. These guys are the, the ones that are supporting the temple with a, with a good tax. Are... And, and think about how sometimes pastors probably feel the temptation not to preach the truth when they know the truth is going to pierce the hearts of the tithers. For sure. Not saying that they all give into that, but it's a temptation. And Jesus did not give into that. Right. And he um, pierced right to the heart of a good tither. Right. Not even he was more concerned about his heart, yeah. and he was concerned about the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this guy went away sad, but um, that that piercing may have saved his soul. Maybe so. Maybe. So let's go back to Jesus's answer. Yeah. In verse eighteen, why why do you call me good? Mm-hmm. No one is good except God alone. And then a period, and then I think I think the next verse, you know the commandments, and then he lists the back half of the commandments. I think that's like a second paragraph. The first thing is, okay, you know something about me. I'm good? You think I'm good? So what do you make of that? Verse 18, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Why challenge the the young man on that? Because, honestly, he's reading the future. Mm-hmm. Jesus knows the next words out of that guy's mouth after he lists these commandments. He's about to say, well, I keep all the commandments. 
he thinks he's good. Yeah. He called him a good teacher. Jesus is just like, nobody's good. And you know the commandments. And then the guy didn't get the first part of it. It's like it went in one ear yeah. and out the other. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. just thinking about, like, do I keep the commandments? I've done that. Okay, I can. I must be ready. So, so teacher, call me good. Yeah. Because here's the thing. If, if we want to inherit eternal <coughs> life, we have to be good. That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. Yeah. Right. And so this young man is hoping that Jesus will say, um, oh, yeah, you're perfect. You've already covered it, covered all your bases. You're going into eternal life. You've got it. You and God are both good. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And he's not at God's level. He can't at this point mm-hmm. come face to face with God. No. So Jesus gives this list of commandments. Um, these are the sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth uh, commandments. Yeah. Uh, and then honor your father and mother, the fifth one. <clears throat> so he gives these commandments. And the, and the young man's listening in verse 20. And he says, teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. So he's like, check, 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 as Jesus is giving all uh, this list of all of these. He's, yeah. he's probably feeling... Um, what about this? When you don't have the freedom of the gospel and someone comes up to you with a standard of goodness and you can check the box, you have this momentary surge of assurance. Yeah. Like, okay. It's like, whew. Yes. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm good there. Good there. Come on. Keep telling me all the things I'm doing well because I need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so he probably loves this. He's like um, saying, oh, I stand up well in eva- at evaluation time. Yeah. I like to be evaluated. Yeah, like, like Angela from the yeah. office. I like to be evaluated. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he needs these evaluations. Do, do we see this a lot in our culture? People who are desperate to, to hear these evaluations. Because our culture nowadays is all about morality and shame. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be affirmed that that their unique way is is the right way or is very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You put that sign up in the yard. Oh, yeah. You you don't. Yeah. You're voting for the right person. Your vote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And whatever all these things. And you're like, yes, because why? We're we're are we pursuing this momentary surge of assurance over and over again? Yes, you're good. You and God are both good. Oh. Wow. That is actually a very pervasive part of our culture. I mean, we want to tweet out things and get on Facebook about how we support these causes. And we're not doing anything for them. No. We're not doing anything for the causes. We're just raging and saying how horrible it is or how good it is or whatever. Yeah. And we're now, look, we support this. We are a good person. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's so self-deceptive. And we're hoping for the likes on that. We're yeah. hoping for the retweets on that. Yeah. Because we need to be seen. We need are we are we pursuing that 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 little hit. Give us likes, people. <laughs> <laughs> that little hit of assurance. Yeah. Yes, seriously. you are good. You and God are both good. Uh, it doesn't last though. No, because otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't be so angry about it. We wouldn't be so desperate for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't last. 
And so we need more and more and more of this. Come list, list our society's Ten Commandments again so I can make sure that everyone knows that I check all the boxes. Yeah. And I need everyone else to know I check these boxes. Hmm. Now, what's really sweet about it, I think, is that Jesus looks at him in love in verse 21. Isn't that great? What do you imagine on, on Jesus' Oh, wow. Face? I completely missed that sentence. How did I miss that? That's the one of the most powerful things here. Mm. That is so good. It almost brings tears to my eyes. Okay, talk to me about it. So what do you see in there? What do you, what do you love about it? Oh, because, he, because right before he said it, he says, Teacher, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus knows that what he's wanting to hear, and he knows that he's self-deceived a little bit because he does have this idol of his riches that he doesn't want to forsake. And he mm-hmm. loves those even more probably than he loves God. Or at least at this point, that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus looked at him essentially in his, in his actual sin. Um, and he loved him. And the Bible doesn't have to tell us that, but it does. And there's no word spoken. So even the disciples, how would the disciples even know that? Oh. Unless, because, because Mark wrote this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how would they even know some of these things? But I mean, obviously... Probably the way Jesus is talking to him is one way. A human might know this. Obviously, the Bible is inspired. And, and they, they know his tone of voice. They know his tone of voice. And they know, they his, know his, his, his characteristics, yeah, mannerisms when he talks to other people. Mm-hmm. And they know when he um, looks at somebody and, and loves them. Yeah. And, he, and he loves this man. And then he tells him a hard truth in love. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, so it's... It's not Jesus trying to be condemnatory. Is that a word? It can be. (laughs) (laughs) He's not trying to like condemn him and make him feel bad and say, oh, you're not perfect. And it's really hard for rich people to get into heaven. Like that's something that he's, that Jesus is happy about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He is, he's probably saddened because he loves this man. And he says, he's saying the one thing he needs to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to be in heaven, and there's one thing you lack. Yes, and 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 you need you need this seed to be planted, so that I can start to talk to you about it. Yes, Jesus wants. I love that. I love that, Brock. Jesus wants him to be in heaven. Yeah, I want you to inherit eternal life. He he looks at him and he doesn't want it. Like you said, he doesn't. He's not like saying yes. One more person to crush. One more rich person to crush. One more proud person to crush. He sees this guy in his honest efforts, and he he loves him. Yeah. We have a good Savior. We do. Praise Jesus. I am so glad that Jesus is our God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Hero. He's my hero. He is. He's my my champion. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's he's the one I want to be like. He's the one I I admire the most. It's like... He looks at this guy and he's got this all kinds of this love for this guy. And he has all the power in the world. Yeah. And he and he loves him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hate him. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, "Okay." And so we the, the next little bit of red letters that we read um in verse 21 are spoken in love. Like you said, hmm. you lack one thing. So this is loving truth, like you said. Go sell all that you have. Give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. 
and come follow me. Then come follow me. And he wants him to follow him. I know. Because Jesus was trying to get away from crowds a lot of times because yeah. he was being mobbed. Now, obviously, he loves all those people. He, the point right. of it. Right. But, um, but, but saying hey, he's almost given him an opportunity. An apostolic opportunity. Yeah. Right? My goodness. I've never noticed that before. I know. Because there have been other people in the Gospels where Jesus says, no, go back to your daily life. Yeah. And they would be like, I want to follow. Oh, no, you, you stay put. But here, he he's saying, and yeah. You, he's saying, your chance is actually, you have like the greatest chance in the world. Yeah, come you on. You can sell everything, give to the poor, and yeah. you'll have treasure in heaven, yeah. and then come follow me. Like, join yeah. on. Yeah, come on. Jeez. <laughs> Man, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no but doubt. He, but he went away sad. Oh, he went away sad. He went away sad. Oh, he was I crushed. wish I knew this guy's name. I know. We should give him a name. Plus his heart. Ah. <laughs> oh. Well, okay. Well, if we name him. No, no, it's fine. I just don't want to rush to name him. <laughs> give him some yeah. crummy name. I know. So if you think of a good one, yeah. then name him. Okay. But boy, oh boy. He was... <laughs> he hears this. Okay. Hey. Hey. Just only... Can you imagine this? If, if all your life has been about checking the assurance boxes, right? Yeah. And then you're told the first sentence, oh, there's only one thing you lack. Aren't you going, yes, I know I can do that. Yes, just one thing. I can do this. And I like lists. Yeah. Give me a list. I've been checking them off. Yeah, one more thing? No problem. Yeah, just one more thing? I, mean, I was I'm afraid that there. there was like 12 more things. I know. Okay, one thing. Yeah. Okay, I it. can do it. And then he says, go. All right, all right. Yeah. Fine, set Wait a minute. Sell all you have and give it to the poor. And, and trade it for... Treasure in heaven instead of treasure on earth? Yeah. I, I have to just trust that you really mean that. And yeah, and that re- there really is like treasure Like, that's going to ruin my earthly life. Uh-huh. In and, my mind. And he asked... You know the verb he used? Uh, he didn't say, teacher, what, what must I do to be saved? He said, what must I do to inherit? So he's thinking financially already. What must I do to inherit? And Jesus says, oh, you'll inherit. You'll have treasure in heaven if you give up this idol. So you're onto something. But he he also has the right theology in that. Because isn't that what we do? Mm-hmm. We yeah. do inherit eternal life. Absolutely. And so um, even though, like you're saying, that's a financial transaction. Mm-hmm. It's a legitimate metaphor. <clears throat> Biblically speaking, yeah. it's a legitimate metaphor yeah. for the next life. He, he didn't say earn it. No. Which is actually Great interesting. Great point. Great point. Yeah, tell me. Well, the difference between earn and inherit. Well, and it's also like it's a paradoxical question. Um, but in a, And it's almost an oxymoron. You don't you, you can't do anything for an inheritance. Right. So what must I do to inherit? Right. Inheritance is something that you get based on your fam- your relational status that has yeah. nothing to do with anything you Oh, did. I love that relational status. Yeah. That's good. Relational status. So you inherit from an uncle uh-huh. because you got born into the, his family and he's rich and he left you an inheritance and you didn't do anything for that. Now, yes, in this yes. day and age, there are people that will cut you out of their will. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but but not, not Jesus. Right. No, Jesus looks at him and loves him. Yeah, he loves him. And so there's relational status between him and Jesus that's available. He can inherit eternal life if he will just love Jesus more. If he will follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't want him in heaven. 
does he Jesus doesn't just want him in heaven. He wants him as a part of his crew. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. So cool. This is this is a lot of new stuff and I have read this a lot in my life. Right. Or had it read to me sure, sure, and sure. learned from it. This is great. There's but, a lot of good stuff here. But oh my goodness. He he just can't do it, right? Yeah. He he can't. He so so yeah, here, here's an important thing I think too. Jesus knows the one thing you lack. Whatever boxes you've been checking for assurance all your life. Ooh. And oh, if you man, come, this is scary, Jeremiah. Yeah. I don't know if I want to pray for this. Yeah. Because we're we're gonna have to if we do, we'll have to face the same kind of thing. Because Jesus is not stupid. And as soon as we pray, like David prayed, you know, search me and find a wicked way in me. Yeah. Um, yeah. God is good and loving mm-hmm. to reveal it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's probably are, something you don't want to stop doing. And chances are, if you think about how we began this podcast, chances are it could have something to do with riches. Yeah. Because yeah, in this, exactly. In this culture, in this day, we are rich. We're rich. And do we want to give it up? Mm-hmm. So Jesus knows the one thing we lack, every one of us. It's not just that this young man's unchecked box is a box that you can go and check. And yeah. you can say, well, hey, I, I, can, I can sell all I have and give to the poor. No, Jesus knows the one thing you lack. Yeah. And it may be different from this guy. It may be the same. And it may be the same. But it may be different. But don't be basing it on, on you just checking off boxes. Jesus knows the one thing you lack. And here's what it comes down to. It's your heart. Yeah. Right? And oh, what a great, what a great translation. Verse 22, first word, disheartened. It's the heart. Yeah. And this guy knows, or, or Jesus knows, that this guy's heart is not with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't want... He wants to have his cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he, do, he doesn't want to suffer. No. He doesn't want to suffer no. for Jesus. He doesn't love him enough to suffer for him. And... You know, if you think about like just earthly relationships, like with our families, like our wives yeah. or our children, yeah. we really love them and we would suffer for them yeah. to, to some extent yeah. because of we actually have like genuine love. And so somebody that I'm not willing to suffer for, I, I have a hard time claiming that I love them. Yeah, that's true. Um, because great, great point. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I mean, I, I have a hard time understanding how I love God and Jesus. Um <coughs> And how that love manifests, mm-hmm. but uh, but I do know that I would suffer for my kids, and mm-hmm. so that reveals to me that if there's real love there, then mm-hmm. the willingness to sacrifice is probably also there if mm-hmm. you really love. Um, so yeah, he went away. He didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to. I, let's go to the next verse. Okay. Okay. Um, just the disciples. Mm. Uh, well, actually, no. Jesus says. How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And he's like astounded because he's looking at his disciples and asking them. And the disciples are amazed. Jesus said, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And honestly, um, I do understand that this is talking about riches uh, it's hard. 
just just the fact that the fact that it's that hard for one demographic to and to actually enter the kingdom of God, a camel going through the eye of a needle. Um, and I don't like it when I've heard preached mm-hmm. the eye of the needle is some like little hole in the side of a castle or something. That, yeah, that's stupid. Because they can actually get through it. It's just a little bit of an inconvenience. Yeah. They yeah. just have to take off their pack and then bend down and crawl through. That's corny. I'm like, there's it's corny. There's no, no basis for that. No, it's he's talking about an impossibility. Yeah. Which is a word that's used later. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Exactly. With man, this is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with God, all things are possible. That's just a drive toward toward secret knowledge. Well, did you know yeah. that sort of business? Yeah. That's just all that. And is. it's also it's also making these this whole chapter impotent. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> it's it's stupid to do that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. I mean, not mocking the pastors I've heard this from. I mean, I'm sure they're they're just passing. They're down. just they're just passing down. They heard and, it, and the guy before that guy yeah. heard it, and yeah, yeah. just passing it down. No hate, no hate. But I do like. I think this is an impossibility. Right. What he's saying. Here. Totally, totally. The guys are astounded. The disciples are just sitting there, their jaws on the ground. Yeah. They know. They know <laughs> that this. Well, they know that this guy's better than them. This guy deserves to be an oh, apostle. Oh yeah, these guys are more than they do. Yeah, they're grungy fishermen that probably had crude mouths and everything else, and yeah. they—who knows what they've done—and yeah. they're just happy to like be on this road, maybe have a path of their own, yeah. and then they are made happy by this because they're like, "Hey, we left our stuff." I know it. Peter's like, "Well, didn't we?" <laughs> and Jesus was good enough to kind of be like, "Nobody that's done that will regret it." Mm-hmm. He didn't say. He didn't like rebuke them. He didn't say, "Well, good job, Peter." Um, but but he didn't say, "Well, good job." But he didn't rebuke them really either. He said, right. "Nobody that's done what you've done will regret that. I right. will I will repay anybody who leaves yeah. mother, father, houses, lands a hundredfold." Because Peter is excited that he's checked the, the young man's box. box. Yeah, <laughs> like we were talking about, uh-huh. you know. And you're like, "Yes, I've checked his box. He's a shameful fool, but not me. Yeah, not me. I've done. I've done right. Yeah, I'm not gonna deny Jesus three times cursing yeah. in the yeah, middle of the exactly. night at a little girl. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, and uh, then I'm, I'm happy because I checked Peter's box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least but, I'm not gonna do that. Well, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But that, yeah. So, so Jesus is talking about just how how impossible it is. And then he's, he says something so valuable in verse 27. With man it is impossible, but not with God. Yeah. Now, what's, God do, what's he talking about God's ability to do there? To, to gracefully transfer a camel through the eye of a needle. Now, obviously, yeah. I'm not saying that's right. not what he's really saying. But I'm saying, but God could do that. As as amazing as, in, as, as amazing as that, as that is, is what? Um, God can save the soul of this rich man. Can change the heart, right? Change the heart, and he can get him into heaven. Zacchaeus, yeah, he, he, yeah, exactly. Zacchaeus, what we talked about last time. Uh, God can do it. God can change your heart so that you will love Jesus more mm-hmm. than your wealth. And it goes back to inheritance. He said, the rich man said, "What can I do to inherit?" Jesus is kind of might be alluding here to the fact that 
God can adopt you. God can do it. God um, can do it. He, God can mm. do it, and you can still inherit. So um, now, he's going to have to put his faith in Jesus, and at this point, he went away sad. But I think Jesus planted that seed because he loved him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great point because Jesus is challenging him to respond to Jesus in faith and to walk by faith and not by sight. And not just any random faith or hope so, but faith in Jesus. Come and follow Jesus. Um, anyone who has left all these things for my sake, he says. But I love what you said, and I want to emphasize it. He said, what must I do? And Jesus is saying, it's about what God can do. Yes, that's right. And that is the essence of the gospel yeah. for a Christian. Yes. Is we do not, it, like, there are a lot of people that call themselves Christians that are horrible representatives of Jesus. No doubt. Granted. And I'm one of them sometimes. Yes, um, me too. But at the same time, like a Christian's faith is not in their own goodness. We don't think we're good. We're not, we are going to church on Sunday to worship God because we, um, because we've been saved so graciously and been given freedom and we're so sinful and we're just as sinful as this rich man. We've been brought into relational status because of God's kindness, not because of our checkboxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Peter then, it starts to, he starts to talk about himself. See, mm-hmm. we've left everything and we followed you. See, we checked the box and I, you've already covered it. I love it. I think what you said was wonderful. Jesus does not, you know, does not crush Peter. Yeah. But he does point back to <coughs> not what you've done, Peter, but my sake and the gospel. Yeah. So what's the gospel? The gospel is the good news that though we have rebelled against God from day one. Uh-huh. So as soon as our essence came into being, we have struggled and fought and rebelled against God for our own selfishness. We yeah. want what we want. We want yeah. what we're, we give in to the temptation of the world and the devil. Yeah. Um, and we do things that are a direct affront to the good king of the universe who is just. And our sin is evil and it deserves justice. Mm-hmm. But um, and, there's, and there's no way for us to pay for that. No, because... No. because we're sinning against an eternal judge. Yeah. Um, it's and you like, can't take it back. You can't balance it. People try to balance it with these check boxes, but you can't take these things back. No. I mean, if you, if even if you've been a good person all your life according to the world standards, sure. But yet you commit rape or murder. Um, it doesn't matter how good your entire life has been up until that mm-hmm. point. None of that, the judge isn't going to take any of that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you are even, now guilty yes. and you have to suffer the consequences of that. And right. we're not even considering the rest of your life. Well, let's matter. take even something that might be considered really small. Like, let's say between you and I, we have a good friendship, but one of us, let's say that I say something very hurtful to you. I can't, I can't unsay that. It's been said. And your hurt has been felt and our relationship has been scarred, um, has been wounded by that hurtful statement. Now, I can try to apologize and I can say other things that, you know, 
mitigate it or say that I'm wrong or whatever. But really, what what am I hoping for? I'm hoping that in order to restore our relationship, you would forgive me. Mm -hmm. Because I can't unsay it. Mm -hmm. The only way that we can go forward is forgiveness. Yes. And God forgives us. Mm -hmm. And he offered the most precious um, uh, gift in all of existence, which is his own only son. Yes. To be spit on and his beard torn out and his body cut open and slashed and to be hung on a cross like a criminal with criminals, even though he was perfect. Yes. And poured out his wrath on him and crushed him um, because uh, that's what we deserved. Yeah. Jesus took our punishment for us. Yeah. And that way there would be justice. Yeah. And that he rose way, again. It's yeah. almost Easter. Yeah, he did. He rose again. Showing that he was the perfect sacrifice for us, that God was completely pleased, and that Jesus checked all of our boxes for yeah. us. Hey, there's one thing you lack, Brock. And the only way that it can be taken care of is by Jesus. Yeah. And there's one thing I lack. Yeah. The only thing it can be taken care of. The only way is by Jesus. Well, that that is some assurance, man. Because yeah. I will find I will find myself looking at the my lack and seeing it like Jesus said it is. It's impossible. It's mm. impossible for me to make this right or undo what I have done. Yeah. Or um but God mm. had an, an older plan. But God had an older plan. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so many who are first, they will come in last. And the last will be first. Mm-hmm. I think if you're last, like you've got a whole bunch of boxes unchecked. I think you're more likely to understand that if you run up to Jesus and say, hey, call me good, you know he won't. Yeah. And so I think you're more likely to say to Jesus, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. And those are the ones that will inherit eternal life. Those are the ones that are more likely to give up houses and lands and whatever else mm-hmm. for the sake of Jesus and the gospel. Yeah. Because they they have been, like we talked about in the pilot, they're the ones that have been forgiven much. They'll be the ones that love much. Love much. Yeah. Well, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll roll our digital dice. Yes, and find a new topic for next week. Fantastic! This is a good. This is a good little chapter. Praise God. Cool. We're back. We're back. Okay, so um, let's do a quick recap of what you thought was really awesome, and I'll share what I thought was really awesome in this little um, chapter, and then uh, Mark chapter nine. And then we'll uh, roll the die for the next topic. Thought it was awesome that Jesus looked at him and loved him. And even though what he says to him um, is a harsh truth, Mm -hmm. uh, it's said out of love. And that's really important to me. And then, of course, um, the truth is it's impossible for a rich person or any sinful person (laughs) to get to heaven. So good. Um, But with God, all things are possible. So good. So we just have to rely on him and he's good. He's good. And he he's loves good. us. Yes. And I think that's the big thing for me that stood out is when you said Jesus, Jesus knew what the guy was going to say. Jesus knew he was hoping to say you and God are good. That stands out to me. That's a new thing for me to think about hmm. in that, in that section. Why do you call me good? 
But you know what? God is good. And this chapter affirms that. God is good. Let's take our eyes off of ourselves. And let's stop pursuing um, the things that the rest of ever that everybody else says is good so that people will tell us we're good. And let's just fall in love with Jesus, find freedom in Jesus, and say, God is good. Mm-hmm. God is good. Yeah? Yeah, that can set us free. Set us free. Freedom. So, yeah, because otherwise we are constantly trying to check off the boxes that are always going to be there. And we're anxious and we're mad and we're crazed and we're, and we're ashamed. Ju- judgmental of other people and yes. we think we're higher than them or lower than them for no reasons. Yes. Or um, stressed out and bothered and insincere and inauthentic even about the things we proclaim our goodness about. And Jesus frees us. Jesus frees us. <laughs> Jesus frees us. <laughs> Jesus frees us to follow him. Yeah. He yeah. W- when we know that we can't earn it and he's already earned it for us, we can actually have a relationship with him not thinking we're always separated. Yeah. We can actually go to him and trust in him and rely on him and just follow him. And that won't create bad works, that'll create good it works. Creates good works. Yeah. Cuz it's God. the person you love, you yeah. you want to do what they love and what they and they're smarter than you. Yeah, and so it's not like yeah. you're following a dummy no who doubt. doesn't know what they're doing. You're following the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. That's cool. God is good. Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. <laughs> All right, let's let's roll for our next. Okay, I've got dig, digital dice this week just to see how fun this is. Right. Um, and we still have twenty topics. Let's check off nine. Okay, let's do it. Nine check. Zacchaeus check. And did we we didn't we are our pilot I didn't even passage, put, our pilot we put passage it up here. Back up no, there. that's good. So we got yeah. it checked off. Alright, we're just gonna roll and see. Do it. Ready to go? Thirteen. Thirteen. I feel like that was one I was looking at. The dishonest the- manager. Ooh, I yeah, like that. That's Luke chapter sixteen. Yeah. That's a little bit about money, but a little bit not. Man, three money topics in a row. Yeah. This honestly, they're not all about money on this board. No, I think that that's that's fun. Right. That's interesting. All right, so we're gonna be on this one, Luke chapter sixteen, the dishonest manager. That's a parable. Yeah. So we'll talk about what Jesus is talking about with these guys. Oh, yes, I have an idea. I I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember it, and it's not coming to me. But yeah, give me a sneak peek. Okay, so sneak peek. The guy. Jesus is telling a parable about a guy who is about to get fired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes... He's got to make nice with all of... All of the customers because he needs a job because yes. he knows he's getting fired. So he does a yes. pretty pretty clever thing. Yes, he goes, I'm, Just give me what I'm, you can give too, me. I'm too weak to dig and too proud to beg. What am I going to do? Yeah, I remember this How story. How am I going to make a living? It's a good story. Yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah, I love it. Let's do that. We'll do that one next Luke week. Luke chapter 16, The Dishonest Manager. All right. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to Freedom Current. Yeah, this, is, this was fun today. All right. We'll see you next time. See ya.